an awareness thing and it's, it's me saying I'm going to although I may like me I'm going to choose not to consume this because of the impact it has on somebody else yeah. that's when you start resolving cultural issues social issues you know if you raise kids and say right you can treat both these animals feel pain they both have family connection to emotions etc etc because this one looks different you're going to treat this one in a negative way and this one in a positive way now if you bring up kids to behave in that way towards people on the basis of their looking different what impact is that going to have on them when they go to school and there's an Asian kid and a black kid what, I'm going to treat one differently and to the other because they look different how that plays out in a social context is, is, is just as negative you know now we start to get into okay if we can raise people and, 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 and bring people around to the way of thinking that everyone break the narrative break this narrative that different beings are deserving of our compassion or of our or of not because of the way they look if we can change that and start to become more conscious I suggest the world will be a better place it's more than just for food and lifestyle it's us saying we're more aware we're more conscious Welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. I'm your host, Pat McCauley. This podcast is all about celebrating the lives of those who have adopted a plant-based or vegan lifestyle and how it has positively impacted their health, relationships, outlook on life, and so much more. For more episodes and information about the benefits of living a plant-based or vegan lifestyle, visit eatgreenmakegreen.com. Welcome back or welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. Really excited about the next two weeks. I'm over in London, uh, across the pond, and had two amazing conversations with um, some really special people over here that are uh, very, very big in um, the plant-based vegan scene, but also just uh, incredible people. Um, so this week's episode is with Louis Blake. Uh, Louis is a London-based serial entrepreneur, uh, writer, speaker. Uh, a vegan advocate and uh, consultant for a lot of uh, plant-based startups over here. Um, he literally has his hands in just about <laughs> everything in the plant-based scene over here. Um, so amazing that uh, he took the time to do this, and uh, I'm fired up that I connected with him. Uh, so we talk about his many ventures uh, since he was, you know, 18 years old, and you know all the different. Uh, ventures he's attempted and pursued, and um, just a really like true pure be- purebred entrepreneur, um, similar to kind of some stupid things I've done in the past. So I related to uh, kind of his journey and all the different things he's he's done, and he's just done incredible incredible things, as you'll hear in this episode. Uh, we talk about what led him to veganism. Um, the relationship between masculinity and food, uh, why we really don't have much time to save our planet. Um, and it's a really good point that he brings us up. Um, uh, we talk about one particular year that a lot of experts um, say, which is 2050, that we're just going to run out of fish in the ocean and we're going to run out of land to raise animals. Um, and it may be, it may not be too late for our generation, but it may be become too late for our kids and our kids' kids. Um, so, uh, very interesting there. 
We talk about why people aren't bad, they're just unconscious. Uh, what the plant-based restaurant scene is here in London, it's awesome, I've been loving it. Um, and his experiences with uh, plant medicines like ayahuasca, which is becoming really popular. Uh, so he talks about his experience with that, which I find pretty fascinating. And um, like myself and the whole eat green, make green message, uh, we talk about why whole plant foods are like the limitless pill, you know, the movie Limitless. Uh, if you're an entrepreneur, eating plant-based whole plant foods uh, is your best path to just bring it every day. Um, so it totally embodies his, his um, kind of approach, uh, totally embodies the whole eat green, make green um, you know, original message that I, um, had when I first started all this. Um, so amazing guy. Louie is just such a down to earth, cool, uh, dude. So really excited to share this one without further ado, the incredible Louie Blake. All right. I'm here with Louie Blake. We're sitting in the basement of a Wagamama in what part of London are we in? We're in Soho right now. In, in Soho. Soho. Yeah, so uh, we walked around a little bit. We were at the W, and then uh, what was the social club yeah, that you Soho were Soho House. Soho House, yeah, yeah. And we, we wound up in the basement of a, of a Wagamama here, and uh, thanks, for, thanks for making this no happen, worries, man. No man. Good, good to see yeah. you. Good to meet you. Welcome to London. Yeah, I thank you. I hope you're enjoying the cold, yeah. the snow. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I left Boston in the snow and came to London, and it was snowing, too. It's not always like this. You, you picked a bad time, but um, <laughs> we'll try and make it the best we can for you. Yeah, nice. Well, I know... Uh, I'm pumped to talk to you. I know you no, got a good, ton no, of things. Good, good, to, uh, good to link up. Both in the vegan movement and, and out that you're working on. But um, before we kind of get into all the stuff you're doing, can we just take it back and get get the full background, life growing up, where you grew up, you know, what what you ate, grew up maybe, growing up a little bit. And then uh, I know you've moved around a bunch. And yeah, all that, so, so can we get yeah. the full, the full Louis Blake story Yeah, here? so um, pretty, pretty normal kid, um, but kind of from a young age the whole entrepreneurial thing so washing people's cars uh, garage sales you know trying to make money all the time um wasn't very good at school at all uh, all through school a little bit not exactly the naughty kid but kind of the, the rebellious kind of kind um got to 16 um we can finish high school here at 16 that that was me done yeah and you're um, in you're outside of london yeah from norwich originally yeah yeah, yeah so i grew up in norwich it's kind of a a rural city, about two hours from London. Um, yeah, grew up, you know, into sport, all the usual, the usual stuff. Um, Sixteen, realised that I, I couldn't work for anybody else, um, and I couldn't work on something that I didn't, wasn't passionate about, didn't care about. All I really cared about at that age was football, uh, soccer for you guys. <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't good enough to play professionally, but I realised that I could work in that industry by by coaching. So left school sixteen. Started coaching privately. That was kind of my first business. Um, absolutely loved it. But um, my longer term goal at that point was to manage my own or run my own academy for kids. Uh, and in the UK, we don't really have independently run private academies, but there's a massive market for that in the US. So the minute I turned 18, literally the week I turned 18, I uh, moved myself to New Jersey. Um, Where, whereabouts I, in New Jersey? Uh, near Wayne, not far from Wayne. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's a town in, in Jersey. We, 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 covered the st- we covered most of the north of the state pretty much. Okay. But essentially that was me 
taking myself out of the uh, the kind of this normal social narrative here where you turn 18 you just get drunk for two years you got a part of your friends obviously drinking Asian US is 21 so I basically used that year to kind of learn as much as I could about the business of running an academy um, working in one every single day into it in a big operation and then um, after around a year came back to the UK still wasn't in a position to start my own bigger thing so uh, I got an opportunity to go to Mexico um, a guy over there had set up a, a kind of a, an academy he wanted to take national me and a friend of mine went to work on it learned about running a, a business and the football side of it from the inside uh, and again took myself out of the picture in terms of being able to go out drink, pie and focus on work uh, you know I don't know how much you know about Mexico City and Monterrey but yeah. you can't really go out and about yeah. in the same way you can here it's kind of too dangerous right yeah, yeah, so the focus was work uh, in that time, got really into reading, into podcasts. Uh, I was reading one, maybe two books a week, getting really into the personal development, business stuff. And uh, I started writing my business plan. Um, just before I turned 21, moved back to the UK. And uh, I set up uh, a football academy uh, for, for kids with the kind of vision of, of growing that. Uh, and yeah, within the within the first year I was pretty fortunate it grew to a, to a good size I was a, fortunate enough to employ a few of my friends um, and, and we grew this thing we, we got it to 250 registered players it became one of the biggest football academies in the, in the east of England if not the biggest at that time and so I when doing, you, when doing you, something I loved when you say football academy you're taking young kids and you're kind of training, training it's a them. training program yeah. for young kids. You're training kids. them for kids that are serious Exa- about, exactly, about the game. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So training kids, there was, you know, uh, teaching them every week. They have homework on, online and, and developing. And it's a year, year-round type thing? or Yeah, all year-round, year round, yeah. season, season-long type thing. And it was, it was great because I was doing something I love. I was learning how to run a business, working with people that I wanted to work with, con- in control of my own time and, you know... Um, and I was solving a problem. That was the thing. It was like, okay, there's nothing in this area that exists that does this. And I know there's a bunch of kids that want to learn how to play properly. So I'm taking this thing, like this amazing thing I saw in the US and in Mexico and bringing it here. Um, after a little while, um, knowing my personality, I need to be busy. I need to have constant things to work on. Um, I was like, what other problems are there that I can solve? What other things am I interested in? Um, so I just turned 21. I've had a few years away. I didn't really get to party that much when I was living away. And where I was living in the city, there wasn't really a good party scene. There was a new nightclub that had just opened. A guy from London opened it, spent a lot of money. And uh, it wasn't doing so well. So I approached him and said, hey, could I throw a party in your, in your club? Um, I'll put the DJ on. I'll come up with a brand. I'll, I'll, I'll make a party. Yeah. I want to take the ticket money and the door money. And you can take the bar spend. First event we did, 600 people paying X amount. Mm. Okay, this is another business. Yeah. <laughs> um, took that and ran with that. So daytime, I'm coaching kids to play football. Once a week to start with, I'm throwing this, this party, which quickly gains kind of notoriety. And uh, we, were, we were able to kind of scale that party into other cities as well. So we started working in, in a second city, then a third city. Yeah, was there a name to this party? Was there was it like a branded party? Yeah, it was or? a branded party. But it, 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 the first year, it was called Decorus, which meant beautiful people. Uh-huh. That was the whole idea around <laughs> it, you know, ego ego fueled twenty one year olds, you know. Um, and then we extend we we branched it out, started working with other cities, 
and that's how I came to be in London. Mm. Um, it eventually got big enough that we were able to come and do parties in London once a month, um, while still doing the football. And uh, yeah, and you know, I was thinking, okay, this is this is this is fun, but what do I want now? And about a year later, I wanted my own nightclub, so I then bought a nightclub, or we we took on a nightclub not far from where I live, still in Norwich at this time. Mm. So yeah, I got to kind of. 22 and had these three businesses running all at once super busy but it taught me a hell of a lot you know yeah. it taught me a hell of a lot nice nice so during this time is there is there any I mean what are you eating what are you, how are you approaching so, life you know, on, on I, kinda, I was that side of things I'd started very conscious yeah this is for a purpose I, I wasn't I didn't care about making money it was I want to run my own thing yeah. I want to have an impact a positive yeah. impact I want to do something that I, that I like doing that's creative that you know but when you're young and over time you start making a little bit of money your priorities change you stop thinking about the purpose and start thinking about the profit right yeah totally so over time the football academy was the lowest earner got bored of it didn't care about it too much let it slip mm. scaled up the event stuff the nightclub stuff moved to London um, grew this events business in London by my, then at that point I left the guy I was working with and was by myself um, teamed up with another guy and bought another nightclub mm. um, then by this point we're in quite a few cities across the country with the events plus our own nightclub mm. and then this is the point when I started becoming really ill so I was eating food on the go. I wasn't sleeping a lot. Yeah. I was drinking far too much. Yep. Very unhealthy lifestyle, very unconscious lifestyle, motivated by money purely, not about purpose. It was all money, money, money. And uh, yeah, made myself pretty ill. Are you, um, are you 22 at this time? Something I'm like 23, that? 23, 24, yeah. like getting a little yeah. bit old. Um, eventually, the, the, the nightclub, uh, I fell out with the other guys working in it. I came to a bit of a messy end. Found myself neglected trying to spread myself too thin ill not you know not yeah. things just all f fell apart at that point um 23 moved back to moved back to london um and i had this idea for this new business which is a recruitment company and um, all this time i'd been doing it was marketing based everything i'd my yeah. skill set was mainly marketing um but then i started this recruitment company and marketing company at once so effectively it was through the contacts i'd built from the events placing people in jobs in nightclubs bars restaurants yeah. just utilizing so the network towards the hospitality industry yeah exactly yeah. exactly started really well teamed up with some really good guys who supported us and helped us launch the business as investors um, that's the bit that recruitment company still running to this day um, and I was within that I was looking at the marketing side so we were approaching businesses to look after their recruitment and also selling the marketing as a, as a product as well and mm. um, Again, I still wasn't feeling great. I was still run down. And this is when I discovered veganism. Yeah. Um, what, was, yeah what was the spark? What? Yes, yeah, so you know what? what? One Sunday I'm in bed. I'd been drinking a Saturday night <clears throat> out at one of the events. I was feeling really rough. And just on YouTube, in the depths of YouTube, you know, how, how it goes. Oh, yeah. And uh, I came across this video, uh, 101 Reasons to Go Vegan. Mm. Ten minutes in, this light bulb just went off in my head. Um and it, something just really resonated with me yeah just cut out meat overnight do you remember like the the exact was it like so the, yeah. was it the animals was it the health no like, initially for me it? it was it was health yeah it was purely yeah. health and I was like I know yeah. that it was about what you put into your body 
your body draws from that. You know, mm. you create new cells and energy you put in your body, right? The yeah. food you eat becomes, you become the food you eat. Yeah, it's amazing how, I mean, it took me 25 years to figure that yeah. out too. But uh, it's amazing how so many people think that's not the case. Like something you actually take from the outside world and put right. inside your body, that it doesn't have that profound effect on you. Exactly. You know? And I'm looking yeah. at, you know, I'm working 15, <clears throat> 16 hours a day, six days a week. If I can cope on Sunday, I'll work on Sunday as well. Mm. But I'm being fueled by takeaway food, microwave meals, alcohol, yep. you know, dairy. I'm drinking four or five coffees. Mm. There's going to gonna be a point where that's not going to work for your body. Your body's going to say no and it's going to reject it. Yeah. And I loved, what I, was, I loved what I was doing, even though it wasn't at that point massively purposeful in a wider sense. Mm. Um, I enjoyed it and I wanted to be able to do it, but my body wouldn't let me. So, yeah, I started this, started this diet went plant-based for a month not just vegan but fully plant-based yeah and literally the the effect was was astounding um energy i was sleeping less my energy was up my skin cleared up um and through that as the time went on i looked deeper into why why do people want to go vegan what are the motives it came down to three things it's health ethics and environment so almost what veganism meant to me, I get veganism is essentially the not using animal products for any means. But what it became for me was a conscious understanding of how my everyday actions affect myself, other people, other animals and the world around me. Mm. And then that helped me with my business because now I'm not thinking about, okay, how does, it, how does this earn a profit? I went back to my original way of thinking, which was how does what I'm doing now, what purpose does that have? How, what problems does that solve for people? not just some people but how does that solve what impacts have on the environment for example mm. and you start thinking in this more <clears throat> conscious manner and the spark for that was was veganism yeah so you mentioned some like cleanse, uh, skin clearing energy that sort of stuff yeah can you get into more of like what changed in you um, in terms of when you made that, made that switch um, I, I became I stopped and became more conscious yeah you know, it was it was the energy fit. When I felt better in my body, I also my mood lifted as well, which mm. was amazing. I, f I felt happier in what I was. I started, you know, uh, mentally feel better, more mental clarity, more energy, more focus. Yeah. Um, with the physical effects. Yeah. And then that led to me to when I really understood how impactful following a plant-based diet could be. It made me want to tell more people about it. I went through the preachy vegan phase. Oh, yeah. The first three months, I was telling everybody. <laughs> yeah, and nobody yeah. wanted to hear it because yeah. I was so like, oh, you need to do this, you need to yeah. do this. Same here, man. Yeah. And then after that, I was like, okay, you know, that's not working. But the other thing I noticed at this time was I didn't know any other vegans. None. I didn't know anyone. And mm -hmm. there wasn't really anyone to me as a, as a guy especially. I noticed there was a lot of females. There wasn't many men. And mm -hmm. the men that were vegan and talking about this stuff were conventionally a lot older. Yeah. or maybe didn't look like me, weren't relatable. Yeah. Um, and it was around this time that uh, somebody from a, a vegan festival, Judy and Damien run Vevolution Festival here in the UK. It's mm -hmm. an amazing, amazing uh, company. Approached me and I, I through my, my marketing agency, I'd built up my own following on, on, on Twitter. Messed me on Twitter saying, hey, you've got a lot of followers. Could you help us promote this vegan festival? I said, yeah, sure. But I don't know how many of my followers are vegan because I don't know any vegans. Yeah. And I ended up meeting up with them and I was, you know, I really wanted to help them because I thought that what they were doing had a really good purpose and I was happy just to help them out. And uh, in the process, they kind of said, oh, you know a lot about, you know, marketing, business. Like, would you maybe want to talk at our festival? 
And at this time, I, I wasn't up for public speaking. I was maybe a bit too... Sh I wasn't confident enough to speak yeah. in public. But um, I thought, you know, this, this, if this is going to help people to maybe start a business or, you know, do something positive, then I, I'll give it a go. And later that year, I, I did a talk at their... Um, talk on entrepreneurship at their event. Um, somebody in the audience was from a, a talk company that put on talks here in London, similar to TED Talks. Yeah. They approached me to do a talk at their event, uh, at their upcoming talk. Um, went really well. And then from there, I had a, a university. Someone from a university was at that talk. They went to talk at their university and then it's just kind of spiraled from there. Yeah. Um, and I see that, you know, I'm just trying to position, position myself to help other especially other guys in their 20s that maybe feel that they can't relate to anybody that's gone vegan. Yeah. Maybe position myself as someone who's fairly normal, yeah, totally. fairly relatable, and they can, you know... Totally. Lead, lead by example. Not force it on people, but say, look, here's, here's what I've found. Here's my yeah. perspective. Here's the, the facts that I believe to be true. Yeah. And maybe if that helps someone make the transition, then, then great, you know? Yeah. It was similar for me. Started out with health. And why I became so preachy as you said was because I, I was pissed like after six months of eating whole food plant-based primarily every issue I had since I was three years old asthma allergies acne you know goes skin issues yeah. just just or at least out the window right. yeah. out the window you know I, I was always given the inhalers I was always given the creams I was always always given the EpiPen right nobody ever gave me the option of the other option you know, of just changing what you put in, yeah. in your body. And that's what, when, when, when kind of the last thing went for me, which was my allergies, which were pretty severe, like I could, you know, often end up in the emergency room yeah. with it and stuff like that. Um, when that just, no problem, went away, I just, I was pissed. I was determined to tell other people that it was an option. You feel option. like you've been lied to. Yeah, you feel like you've been and lied to. And I think to. that's what prevents people from making the transition in yeah. the first place is that we have this affinity and this allegiance to, to mm. authority figures right so yeah. your parents doctors the government mm. the people that you trust that you've put your trust <clears> in for all that have been telling you one thing when one person says something that conflicts that you're not just you're not just um, not wanting to, uh, to, to to listen because you know it's, it's cognitive dissonance right you don't want to go against something yeah. you've always been told yeah. but not only that you're going against these people that you've trusted yeah. you then doubt yourself you've had trust in these people yeah. or have I been stupid enough to, to not question this before it's easier to just dismiss it you know even in light of the evidence the facts you know you, you don't want to believe it and, yeah. uh, and uh, that, that's kind of what I was met with when I was went through the preachy stage mm -hmm. people wanted to dismiss it and the more angry I got the, the more they yeah. found it easy to dismiss exactly so now it's like you know lead, lead by example show people what you eat yeah. show people you know the, the products that you can that you, that you can buy and enjoy yeah. and show people it's no extra burden on their current lifestyle they don't have to make that big a change yeah um, and just be be radiant be the happy guy be the fit guy be, be the example be the guy loving life and, be, the, uh, be, the, be the change you want to yeah. see right be, be the example and, and that, that could be the kind of from doing the tour I, so from from that from this point maybe two years ago, from the first talk I started speaking more regularly, mm. um, not not as for any other motive. Again, I went back. I kind of felt like I went back to being eighteen, nineteen, and being really purposeful, right? And it felt felt great. Mm. I'm not doing it for the money. I was donating the money from the talks um, to charities here in the UK, um, and I was 
through the process of talking to people I was having people come up to me afterwards and via email and saying hey this what you said this really resonated with me and it's made me want to start a business in this and this is an idea and just coaching people in, in that yeah. way made me think okay how can I utilize my current skill set and assets to further this movement because I believe veganism is so important what can I do so that led for me to rebrand my marketing agency to work predominantly with ethical social sustain mm. ethical um plant-based yeah. and sustainable type companies yeah. um, particularly early stage startups small to medium businesses and I've been fortunate enough to work with a few uh, national brands as well on putting across a vegan, a vegan offering so I feel I feel like um, some sections of the vegan community uh, quicker to kind of uh, not want to work with it or not want to endorse big companies because they yeah. see them as unethical yeah. I don't think they're unethical I think they're unconscious mm-hmm. I went through that stage you know that, that middle stage of the nightclubs and this kind of thing I wasn't unethical I was just unconscious yeah. they're, they're, they're set up to make money mm-hmm. you know um, they have everything in place to help spread this message they have the logistics you know they have the marketing budgets you know, they have the, 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 the scalability immediately if the product works for them they will scale it out if it earns them money yeah. if we can educate them in the process why it's important you have, you have a, a huge driver to affect the main problems as to why people don't go vegan. Mm. Cost, okay? Independent startup vegan companies don't have economy of scale and therefore their products are more expensive to produce. Mm-hmm. That price is passed on to the consumer. Mm-hmm. So these products are expensive, strictly vegan, right? Convenience, we can't go in the local shop and buy a ready-made vegan product as such. These, these big companies with chains and multiple branches can put that in place very quickly. Mm-hmm. Misinformation. They have access to huge audiences online where they can put out information as to why you should eat by these, these more conscious products. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we can leverage these big companies as well. It's, a, it's a, such a good way to, to get the message out there. Work with them as opposed to kind of um, yeah. working ag- against yeah. them. In, yeah. Instead of stand outside their door with a sign and and yell that they're unethical, right? Look, look, it's, not, it's not helping anybody. Look, there's, a, there's room. I, I, yeah. I really respect the like, activists that have gone yeah. before and that petition these places and put pressure on them. I think that that's, that's, that is an angle and it, and it does work to an extent. Yeah. I also think there's room to work with companies that want to offer vegan vegan menus or vegan products and mm. help them push the vegan products out. Look, it's demand and supply. If they see an increase in demand for a product, they'll increase the supply of that product. Yeah. The more vegan products in the market, the more accessible it is to more people. Mm-hmm. And the easier it is for people to make a lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's come for me. I started working, I, start, I kind of restructured the business, the marketing business to work with uh, vegan ethical brands. Mm-hmm. And at this point now, we, we work with quite a few vegan companies in the UK. Um, on, on, on their branding, their marketing. Cool, um, yeah. And with, the, with me, like, personally, I work within that business and also exploring more speaking opportunities. So I recently spoken at uh, London School of Economics to mm-hmm. so a largely, predominantly non-vegan audience. Mm. Um, the talks I'm doing are a split between um, balancing passion and profit um, leveraging uh, business to create a vegan world mm-hmm. that's predominantly with vegan audiences uh, and the other talks I do which are non-vegan audiences are an introduction to veganism which is a talk I do every month in different places in London Cool. predominantly non-vegan audiences yeah. and putting it across in a way of kind of being like look this is I'm a normal guy this is my perspective yeah. and making it easier for guys to make the transition I think you know f- for females it's a little bit easier in a sense that 
gender roles, we expect females to be compassionate and to care, you know? Yeah. As a mid-twenties guy, if you stand up and say, hey, I care about animals. Yeah. It's almost, guys find it kind yeah. of emasculating. Yeah, you pussy, right? That's exactly. what you get you from pussy. your bodies, right? Yeah. yeah, oh, you don't eat meat, you're a, yeah. you know, but yeah. educating people, educating people in, in, a, in, a, in a way that's not judging them or not, you know, yeah. not, challenge, not challenging them in the same way, saying, look, you can still get the protein. The, if, you, if you're a gym guy, you can still get this cleaner source of the same volume of protein by yeah. eating these foods. Mm-hmm. You know, or if, if you have a problem with the, the, you feel emasculated, well, you're paying somebody else to perform a cowardly act on a defenseless animal. Mm. Is that masculine? Challenging those beliefs yeah. in a way that isn't necessarily putting judgment on them in the first instance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's how we, you know, we, we have to speak to, we have to take that approach with, with non-vegans. Yeah. Make make the transition totally. as simple as possible. Yeah. Um, I've come out of some stick and some fire recently for posting a lot of junk food, mm. but I, I, one of the biggest barriers to entry is convenience. People don't like making too many lifestyle changes. Yeah. Well, I've been eating burgers and pizza now. I've got to eat quinoa. Yeah. People don't want to hear that. So if you can yeah. provide a vegan burger and show how easy and accessible that is, exactly. That's the transition point. Then when people go in through that door and they discover all of the other benefits they're an easy person to convert into yep. a plant-based eater, you know? It's exactly the approach in Boston I'm taking with my restaurant is yeah. it's not going to be a bunch of quinoa bowls and, and, you know, kale salads. Exactly. It's going to be, you know, impossible burger. It's going to be, Which you is know, amazing, by the way. Tofu, you tried, you guess you tried I still that. haven't had it. I, yeah, I had it, I had it last week in LA. Yeah, yeah it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. Uh, yeah, pizza, uh, tacos, you know, uh, approachable foods. Um, I think if you're in somewhere like LA that's saturated with it and people know what it is and and have adopted it widely yeah you can go do a raw whole plant food restaurant sure. but in places especially like Boston the cities that are a little bit behind that and kind of have as you just talked about kind of that masculinity which Boston certainly has yeah it does yeah uh, that kind of chip on its shoulder for for guys um you know it, it's got to be done in an approachable manner um, and I do that also by combining, you know, awesome craft beer, you know, awesome drinks. So maybe you get the average guy coming in just because it's a good beer list too. And then they're like, oh, I can order a pizza and it's not going to say plant-based on it anywhere. It's not going to say vegan on it anywhere. The only you person play, that's going to... play on gonna, the connotations of relevant products. Yeah. So a craft beer is like a, a masculine... If you then place yeah. a vegan taco next to it, it's an easier... <laughs> it elevates that, exactly. that. It elevates the perception of, the, of, the, exactly. of that, that food item, right? Yeah. And make... It, so half the time, you don't have to tell people it's vegan. Mm. Oh, you want a burger? And they yeah. try it. And I, what's it? Oh, it's, oh it's, it doesn't yeah. use any animal products. Oh, yeah. really? I feel like there's a stigma with a vegan word, but I, I had this conversation with someone recently. Do we drop the vegan word and call ourselves plant-based? But I feel like we just re-establish what vegan stands for. Yeah. Use positive role models. Get you know, Be proud to say, I'm, yeah, I'm vegan. Mm. But, but, but put it across in the, in, in the correct way. Don't be the... Understand the, the the way to you know yeah. to communicate the, the message. Yeah. Make it easy for people. Don't judge people. If people want to do meat free Mondays, hey, you start with meat free Mondays. If that's mm. if that's easy for you, f- great. You know, at least someone's open to it. As soon as someone's got their foot in the door that way, then you can start to educate them. Yeah. As the time goes on, and I think posit we need we need certainly more positive role, male role models mm. within the within the movement for sure. Yeah. I feel like that's lacking. I think that would have helped me um, before. Yeah, it would have helped me too. I mean, I, I spent probably two, three months like I wouldn't give up eggs, you know. I, again, just that like protein mindset yeah. of a guy yeah. that, you know, coming from an athletic background like yourself yeah. too. I mean, 
that's what, at least in the U.S., that's what we were told from six years old at football practice to yeah, you 22 need, you, years old. You need, to, you protein, need protein, protein, this is where you get it from. You need these, yeah. cuts, this is where you get it from. And yeah. you're to- and because you're told that by people, again, authority figures, yeah. we listen to the people that we look yeah. up to. And we don't want to feel like those people are lying to us. Mm. You know, we trust our government to, well, maybe not so much at the minute, but, <laughs> but traditionally we yeah. trust these, these people in positions of authority. Um, I think that's probably why it was easier for me because I'd always questioned authority. I yeah. hated authority in school. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I could have a boss, for example. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was easier to dismiss and, and you know, change my perspective and allegiance, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, but for the most part, we, we need this information out there as well. Mm. I think, like you said, like you, you were right. You feel pissed off almost. You feel annoyed yeah. that you've been lied to for this. Well, yeah. You told me this and now I found out it's not. It's, mm. I need to tell other people this. These people are being lied to. You yeah. want to help people. Because you want to help people, sometimes it comes across as being preachy or yeah. judgmental or, or you know whatever. But I certainly see, and I don't know how it, how it, how it is in Boston, but certainly in London, we've, we've, over the last 18 months, we've experienced such a, such a shift in uh, in perspective and such a shift in the kind of people that we, we did there's regular events here like I said the Vivolution events are really good um, there's a vegan nights event which is on uh, I think pretty much once a month and just the demographic of people and mm. diversity and people that are attending these events mm. is evolving all the time yeah. you know you're seeing more guys more young guys more young people um, different types of people you know um, I think that I don't know how it is in the US but there was also a thing at the start where veganism was kind of put on its pedestals like a white privilege yeah. type thing, you know. Elitist sort of thing. Elite, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it was. And it's, it's a, you know, inaccessible. It's, 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 it's for people with money or, you know, it's all the, we need to address all these problems and then provide solutions. Yeah. My angle is, 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 is business. We need more products in the market, more mm-hmm. services av- available to make it more convenient, yep. more accessible from a price point yep. and get more information out there. My yeah. belief is that that happens quicker through either new businesses or leveraging existing businesses reach mm-hmm. and logistics etc we, we, we need that's the way it's going to happen yeah cool yeah the uh, what, what's it like with the government here is it similar to the US in that like it's going to take a while in the US for things to really change just because of the dynamic between you know big industry and yeah. our government with lobbyists and they're they're intertwined very much so is it's that not, similar not to here? the same extent, but there's an element yeah. of it. There's an not to the same it. extent. Yeah. I mean, we've experienced recently in the UK. It's we, we've had with the recent election, at least. It's been the, for the first time, uh, kind of a new generation has been engaged by politics. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Corbyn from Labour Party um, has really kind of captured the kind of minds of younger people, and it's the first time I've seen my generation and my friends actually be interested in politics. Mm. Um, so we're seeing a, but I think veganism is is it's the socio-political movement of our time. You know, this is the kind of it's a social yeah. justice movement yeah. for, for for this era, um, and people want to feel like they have a purpose and have a voice. Um, so people are becoming more outspoken about it. We have social, we have the platform now, right? We have social media, we have a we have an outlet. Yeah. But to answer your questions, um, there is an element of it. Like, for example, agriculture here is agriculture, dairy industry, etc. It is interlinked to an extent, but I don't think we have the same level from my understanding of essentially how it works in the US. So you guys have the checkoff programs. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess. You know, it's, it's a mess. It's, it's it, almost it unbelievable. To, you've got people, yeah. you've got, you know, 
but it's the same with, with different industries you've got people yeah. that work that, that have sh- you know have interests in ammunition and, uh, yeah. and you know and these kind of stuff yeah. that in- essentially have a decision on whether you go to war yeah. that stands to make a profit on the back end exactly it's, yeah. it's the same for the food industry right yeah the in the US it has to the only way is to come from the consumer right yeah. people just have to stop eating it that's the only well, way this is the, this is how it's you, going you, to you change pe- right? pe- people have to you know take the perspective that every time you buy something you essentially vote with your pound yeah. or your dollar yeah. you know, every time you buy an animal product you're voting for more product, more products of that yeah. kind to enter the market mm-hmm. for that that restaurant to, to, to order more of those products that shop to restock that, that line if tomorrow we all turn around and start buying products free from animal free, free from animals yeah that's what they'll start making eventually 100% yeah. you know that, that's how we then but the, the problem is and this is where we need to find a balance between being preachy and, and getting a message out is we don't have that much time mm-hmm. it's a critical point you know that before we realize it, it's going to be too late yeah so that kind of level of urgency yeah and when you say that you're talking about the our planet environmentally yeah, yeah. you know environmentally yeah. can you just just for people that maybe don't know just touch on kind of what you're referring to a little yeah, bit yeah so the, 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 uh, the key date that stuck in my mind and this is when i first made the decision to, to go vegan was 2050 mm. Amazon rainforest gone by 2050. Yeah. Now that's hard for us to to kind of picture because we don't live anywhere near the Amazon, but the Amazon is the the largest ecosystem on the planet. Yep. Not only does it hold trees hold hold carbon, but presents very produces the very oxygen that we breathe. We're talking about the lifeblood of the whole planet disappearing. Yeah. What what is it? Seven football fields a minute or something? Something crazy like that. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah. Of, of the, land the, or deforest. Yeah. The, yeah. 2048 National Geographic suggests that we'll have fishless oceans if mm. the current consumption rate or the current fishing yeah. rate continues so our very demand mm-hmm. on fisheries is causing us to no longer have fish in the sea if mm-hmm. your kids want to see what a fish looks like they're going to have to go and look at a museum that, that's crazy mm. but people seem to think there's an endless supply of fish it's also you know they're commodities aren't they fish and animals we see as commodities we don't make the connection between the product on the shelf and the sentient being that existed prior to, to, to that yep. process so yeah the environmental thing you know it's the rate of species ex- habitat destruction leading to species extinction we're, we're, the common background rate we're now looking at something between five and ten times of the background rate of extinction mm-hmm. since 1900 i believe which yeah. is when kind of industrial agriculture kind of between 1950 kind of onwards we really hadn't experienced a boom in industrialized agriculture it's not only that you know we're experiencing a we have a growing population on a global scale not only is it a growing population it's a population that is growing in an economic sense as well people have more money than ever before and third world countries are now experiencing you know that level of wealth that allows them to pursue what was unattainable before a western lifestyle yeah. with that a western diet yeah so with, we, with we, that do, comes western disease right yeah. do we now turn around to countries like india and say we know we've been selling you this dream for the last 30 years, but now you can't have it because it's too damaging. Yeah. It's like inviting them for dinner and asking them, letting them wash up and not eat anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a difficult political um, issue in the sense that, you know, we're, we now realise that we can't continue living this way, but these countries haven't had the experience we've had. Mm. Yeah, uh, totally. It's, it's, it's super difficult. Yeah. Um, but the fact is that if we continue on the current path we're on, we're, we're in serious trouble. 2050, we, we essentially run out of Earth to raise livestock. That's exactly. Well, it's, it. and it's, it's educating people on the process. Yeah. What happens? What It's making the connection between when I make my steak order in a restaurant and how that affects the planet. Mm-hmm. I think the health angle worked for, for you and I. Yeah. It's not going to work for everyone. We know smoking's bad, but a lot of people still smoke. Yeah. We know drinking's bad, but we still drink. 
if it only affects us, we don't really care as much. Yeah, right. When it starts affecting people we love and care about, mm-hmm. it's, you know, when, it's we start listening, when we care about the, the world we all share, that's you know, people say, oh, each their own. Yeah, each their own when it only, if it doesn't affect anybody else, right? Yeah, exactly. When it starts affecting other if people. If it's only hurting yourself. I always, I always ask the question to uh, people, would you rather smoke a cigarette at breakfast, lunch, and dinner or eat a piece of meat at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? And vegans always say the cigarette because they're only hurting themselves. They're not hurting anybody right. else, right? Whereas somebody that is what I would call plant-based that's only doing it for the health, you know, might might opt for the meat yeah. because they're not there. That That's kind of the difference between someone that's plant-based and someone that's vegan in my mind, you know? I mean, I, yeah. I, I wish I would have understood. I mean, like I said, veganism to me is, is that is that awareness of how my every actions affect other people. Yeah. If people are aware of how something as simple as buying a ham sandwich was, yeah. I don't think they I don't think they do it because we're not bad people. Inherently, we're good. We want to help each other. we we've evolved as a as a cooperative species. That's yeah. why we're still here. You know, we want to help each other. If people actually knew the the impact that their choices every day had, I yeah. don't think they'd make the same decision. So I feel it's our, our duty to, to make people aware of their impact. When you pre- when you say to a re- in a restaurant, I want a steak, what then happens is that server goes to the kitchen, chef cooks a steak, right? But the chef then puts in a, an increased order. The supplier then increases their order all the way back to the farmer who now needs to grow to raise more cattle, which requires more land. Yep. Because he's prioritizing profit he will then clear more land, which mm. which knocks down more trees, damages the ecosystem, more uh, more um, you know dangerous gases released into the atmosphere. It's a knock-on thing. The problem is with the whole chain, supply chain, we're focused on profit. Mm-hmm. It's profit, 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 profit. And I can relate that back to a much smaller degree myself at that that kind of middle yeah. period. I was purely looking at profit, profit, profit. Yep. But it's becoming it's not only helping people become become uh, more conscious consumers but also conscious of what they do every single day right yeah and in your ring a bell with me on healthcare in the u.s it's actually what it should be called a sick care in the u.s we deal with people the, we, we deal with you the, only make a profit when people are sick we deal with the effect not the cause yes right yes and it, it's it's looking at the the strain that that's going to have on on on, mm-hmm. on, uh, on on the healthcare service we're lucky we're very fortunate in the uk we have a we have a public health service right but we're going to start to see the average life expectancy, in my opinion, dip for the first time in mm-hmm. recorded history, you know, yeah. because of these, these, yeah, yeah, these lifestyle-related diseases. These next generation of kids. If you look at, the, you look at the, um, yeah. the diet of today's kids, yeah. I mean, processed, processed foods and sugars and stuff is, is, another, is another conversation, but these, the, the diet, the everyday diet of these kids yeah. is absolutely crazy. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we're, we're creating these sick individuals yeah. and we're going to reach another another stat for you one in three children in the United States are going to be diabetic by that. 2040 I saw that that's but yet, insane but yet man. raising kids as vegan is, is extreme yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. it's extreme it's laughable exactly. but again we can we can have that perspective because we've we've we've, come, we've become conscious of uh, yeah of, of this of this information yeah um, so I, I feel it's you know I feel it's my duty and, and our duty as people that are aware of this to, to help more people realize it. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you something. Yeah. Because there's a number of people in my life that 
whether they're they're siblings or friends or or acquaintances or whatever that I've given all the facts to. I've shown them the cruelty. I've shown them the environmental impact. I've shown them the health impact, right? Um, and I only want the best for them at yeah. the end of the day, which is why I'm telling them. Um, you know, I want to see them healthy. I want to see them thriving, you know? Um, what separates those people who have all the information but can't tie that new belief to action in their daily life, what, what they put on their plate, from people like me and you who overnight, you know, you, you get the facts and you, you do it. It's, an, it's a no-brainer, right? What yeah. do you think that is? I, I like to ask this all the time because it fascinates me. Like, yeah, what do you think it is? Have you read uh, Malcolm Gladwell, Tipping Point? Uh, I haven't. I know the so, book, though. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. interesting. I mean, the, it, it goes across a number of theories in there, but it's the same with like fashion, adopting fashions, right? So mm. all of a sudden, fashions come, in, come, come, come into existence where, I don't know, people start wearing skinny jeans, for example. Yeah. A few people start wearing it, the next thing you know, the whole world's wearing skinny jeans. Mm-hmm. What is the psychology behind that? How does that become a, how does that become a, a thing? Yeah. In my opinion, in the last 12 months, veganism is becoming a fashion how is that spread it's influencers whether they be celebrities whether it be yeah. social media influencers now now sorry to cut you off no it's good I live in the in that world so do you right yeah like my entire Instagram feed is like all vegan people right yeah um, I, I see it constantly I, I go to the events I see it growing right how much do you think that is us just being in that world is it really growing that fast? Because I'm, I'm brought right back down to earth sometimes when I'm out in some social situation and, you know, a 30-year-old sitting next to me doesn't even know what the hell I'm talking I think, about. Yeah, I think because we're in, we're in that world. Do I, I think it's almost exaggerated to the... It, like, it can, it can but be. But I don't mean to be negative, no, but no, I'm not just at all. trying but to get your, your I, take on it. I see more of a crossover. Mm. Um, and it's not necessarily people come speaking out saying I'm vegan because yeah. I still feel it's undesirable to the mainstream to, to label themselves as vegan because of the negative connotations of the word yeah. however I've noticed a, certainly an increase in my friends being prepared to try the food yeah. for example yeah. um, if we're in a restaurant and there's a few of us and I order a vegan dish hey look vegan food looks more attractive than, than meat based food right it's more colourful by, by default mm. conventionally yeah. if it's plant based you know um so I've, I've seen an increase in people's uh, acceptance, of, not an acceptance of what I eat, but, but willingness to try it. Yeah. Um, I've also seen uh, more restaurants, um, supermarkets, etc., list vegan products, or, inc- or those that already did, yeah. increase their, their stock of yeah. free-from type brands. Definitely. So because it's more available, I think it's more accessible for people to to do it and yep. people are curious you know oh, and the more they see it the more it, you know we've had some big celebrities this year turn around and, and, and be advocates for veganism you know mm. in the UK Lewis Hamilton a Formula 1 racing driver yep. was very outspoken on his Instagram earlier this year Yeah, I'd, I'd suggest that that, that that had an impact on, on, on people that look up to him yeah. I think the more you see something the more it becomes a normal thing the more willing you are to, to give it a go so I think yeah. it's just getting it out there and I, I certainly found from a personal um, personal perspective just showing people and being that example and showing the feel like at home I'll cook for my housemate 
and he'll eat whatever I cook. Yeah. And through trying it, he's like, hey, this is, this is really good. I never would have tried it before. Yeah. I mean, just, I'm sure it was the same with you. My palate and my taste changed. Yeah. That's something people never don't believe when you tell them. No, Your really taste change, you start to crave the new food you're eating. For sure. Yeah. Um, and experiencing it, you know, it's, it's normalizing it. It's, 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 it's having people that, look, that become out, encouraging people to be advocates yeah. once, once they make the, the transition. Totally. Encouraging people to tell other people and, 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 and showcase it because it's so important. Yeah, totally. For, 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 you know, it mainly, maybe it won't affect our generation yeah. as much, mm. certainly our children, our children's children, that we're, we're really putting them in a bad position if we carry on yeah. the way we are. Definitely. Um, the, you know, the, the, the benefits are beyond shared environment. It's, I, f- I really feel like it's, uh, it's helpful for expanding our consciousness, mm. it's ex- expanding the way that we work together because it, it is an aware it's an awareness thing and it's, it's me saying I'm going to ch- although I may like me I'm going to choose not to consume this because of the impact it has on somebody else yeah. that's when you start resolving cultural issues social yeah. issues you know if you raise kids and say right you can treat both these animals feel pain they both have family connection emotions etc etc because this one looks different you're going to treat this one in a negative way and yeah. this one in a positive way now, if you bring up kids to behave in that way towards people on the basis of their looking different, what impact is that going to have on them when they go to school? Mm-hmm. And there's an Asian kid and a black kid. Mm-hmm. What, are going to treat one differently and to the other because they look different? Yeah. How that plays out in a social context yeah. is, is just as negative. You yeah. know, now we start to get into, okay, if we can raise people and, 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 and bring people around to the way of thinking that everyone break the narrative break this narrative that different beings are deserving of our compassion or of our or of not because of the way they look if we can change that and start to become more conscious I suggest the world will be a better place it's more than just food and lifestyle it's us saying we're more aware we're more yeah. conscious I don't know if you, about, how about you, yeah, about no. you but I certainly felt that was certainly kind of an, an, almost a moment of enlightenment for me yeah totally yeah I always correct people when I'm with family or friends and they're like oh I'm sorry I, I put that you know I put milk in that you can't have that and it's like I can have that I always correct them and I like to say I can absolutely have that I consciously choose not to have yeah. that um, just to kind of set that and people are like oh like what do you mean by that you know and uh, you know it, it just leads leads down that road that it's, uh, that uh, it's a choice it's at, a conscious look at, choice so, look at you know? social justice movements in the past yeah. you know you look, you've got you know these narratives that have been in place for so long it's the, the Mark Twain quote. It's like often the longer something, uh, I forget the exact quote, but often the long, the longer there's been a, to a traditional custom has been in place, the less there is to justify it, right? Mm. We had slavery for all those years. And it was people, you know, the abolitionists really, you know, tr- trying and trying and trying. We had yeah. the, the movement for women, the right to vote, you know. They're, they're things that we look back on now and we think were, were ludicrous. Yeah, that was ever allowed to happen. Yeah. I think it's going to be the same with, with veganism. Yeah. The difference with veganism is it's having such a destructive impact on the on, on environment that there may not be a planet left for people once we do realize it mm, totally. Um, totally so what are the uh here in london i, I got i got like two and a half days left i mean what what restaurants do i need to hit? check out give me so, give me the rundown okay so casual kind of dining yeah semi-casual uh mildred's is a, is a good spot mildred's, there's yep. one in soho around the corner where we are right now around the corner yeah um, obviously we're sat in wagamama yeah and they have a, they have a really good vegan menu um something that they've uh, they've pushed out across all of their sites which has had a good response um 
in terms of kind of junk fast food, uh, what the pitta is a vegan doner kebab place. What's it called? What the pitta? Okay. It's like a ve- doner kebab is like a doner kebab is the classic food that you have here after you've been to a club at three in the morning and you need something <laughs> greasy. <laughs> All right. That's what you have. Um, what is it like? What is it like? Fries and it's, no, it's a doner kebab. It's like a kebab meat in okay. like a wrap or a, okay. really good. There's a vegan version of that. Yeah, now? vegan. But nice. Yeah, yeah these, that's cool. The guys, German uh, yeah. Roger started that. Cool. Friends of mine. They're, yeah. they're, it's, it's really really good. Um, there's a Temple of Satan. Yeah, I saw that. Satan burger, chicken. Yeah, it's a good spot. Um, and yeah, there's there's kind of the conventional like healthy like obviously we have a whole foods here. Mm. Planet Organic is a kind mm. of a similar to health foods. Yeah. Um, I saw a vegan pizza place on the map. Yeah. It was. Uh, I we, have the a few, name. we have a few markets yeah, yeah. here as well. I don't know if you're here on, on Saturday. There's a, there's a couple of like mar- pop up markets. Okay. Uh, there's a raw dessert spot called Raw Religion. Okay. This this pretty good. Yeah, but nice. it's, it's it's a growing scene, you know. Yeah. The problem with London is the to acquire commercial uh, real estate is extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. Um so it has it the there's not the same opportunity for independence to get something up and running. So there's more of the kind of market stall pop-up type yeah. type stuff going on. Yeah. Um but there's definitely a demand. There's a huge demand here. Um yeah. that's something that's been growing over the last kind of 18 months. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, cool. So uh, I gotta ask, when did when did the love for the tats come in? <laughs> uh, first one I was eighteen. <laughs> was, this, was this club? Was that was that club day? No, it was, I was eighteen. And I was, <laughs> my, my dad's got tattoos. My uncle's got tattoos. Yeah, yeah. A lot of my family have tattoos. Yeah, nice. Um, I was never gonna work for, in, for an environment where I. Yeah, it would so be that, an issue. That, yeah, that never. It never, that was, never bothered. I didn't you. have anything to stop me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I've got a vegan one on my finger actually. See that there is like a, nice. a vegan yeah, sign yeah, on my, yeah. my little finger, but. Yeah, the tattoo, tattoos are addictive. Yeah. I, I, I got one and I put it off for a few years. I got a second one six, seven years ago. And since then, I've just been hammering it. Yeah. I do a full day a month now. Which, full day a month? A full day a month, which yeah. is six, kind of six so hours. So you go on like pretty much, like the end game is like totally covered. Yeah. I mean, yeah. right now I'm... Outside kind of, of the neck. face, right? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 my yeah. mom would kill me if I did my face. Yeah. <laughs> neck downwards, yeah. uh, both arms, hands, yeah. stomach, chest. Down yeah. to, I'm starting my leg. Um, I'm doing a leg sleeve at the moment. What, what's the most painful part of the body that you've had? Ribs. Ribs. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But, you know, I thought <clears throat> it was going to be the, the throat, but it wasn't that bad. Mm. The ribs, it was a cold day. I remember the guy's heating had broke, so the needle just felt way yeah. more brutal. Yeah. Way more brutal, you know? What do you so, think it is that's addicting about it? I have one that the experience kind of scared the shit out of me. So like it's I, not a nice experience. For a while, yeah, for a while I didn't in want anymore. I, I was like, I'm one and done. But now I'm at that point where... In I, a weird way, I kind of I enjoy it. I want to come back to it, yeah. I kind of enjoy it in a weird way. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's expression as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like it. Yeah, it's... it's, yeah. it's it's, it's it's just addictive when you know you see it. It's kind of I see it like a like an art project almost. Yeah. Now you got a guy that uses vegan ink and everything. Yeah, I've got a girl, a girl yeah. who's been who's been oh, tattooing nice. me. Yeah. 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 yeah I so didn't I even, I didn't even know well. that was a thing. Like yeah. in, you know more recently. Most, when most, I was most are most are, but it's just <clears throat> best to, it's best to check. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, I get, the other thing I get is like, oh, but your shoes are leather. Yeah. Well, they're not, you know. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when people say, "Oh, your tattoos are, your t- are they vegan ink?" Or yeah. "Are your shoes are they are they leather yeah. or, or not?" You know, do you, I mean, do you do you experience that at all? Yeah, totally. And yeah. my take on like right now, I I have leather, leather shoes on. Yeah, real leather shoes that I got four years ago. Um, I'm of the same. That opinion. are really nice. Like if, you've, and, if you've already, yeah, I'm, I'm going to wear this 
crap out of them. It's coming, back, it's coming yeah. back to that thing. It's making it as accessible and as convenient for people yeah. as possible. Yeah. So I won't buy anything leather from, from since I went vegan. Yeah, same. But if I had something, I already had something that was leather, I'm yeah. going to use it because I've yeah. already got it. I think it'd be I'm not going to throw it out. I'm not going to throw it out. Yeah. I mean, since then, most of the things I've bought are, or everything yeah. I've bought is faux <clears throat> leather. But again, that's a problem that needs to be solved. Yeah. That's you know, tough, man. Especially if you want to like dress... I, th- I feel like there's Just a lot of vegan stylish. fashion where people yeah. will make t-shirts with vegan and blazing yeah. across it but yeah. nobody's kind of at least that I've seen has come out and made a kind of a credible yeah, t- I mean one of the, a company I'm working with right now is 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 starting to put some products out there uh, early, I think they're launching early 20, 2018 and what uh like uh, sure, a, a guy that's based here I've, yeah. I've been I've been consulting <clears throat> with uh, for a little bit they're doing a, like kind of faux leather jackets belts wallets some cool like tees um, hats like wool yeah. you know like faux like wool hats mm. um, but like it doesn't say vegan anywhere on it yeah. it just says free from animal products cruelty free yeah uh, Again, that's a business. Creative solutions to problems, yeah. right? There's a yeah. lot of problems we need resolved. And, and that goes, be, yeah, and, yeah. That, and that goes right back to the convenience, right? To the price exactly. convenience. Um, like there's a, there are some vegan shoes that I know of that in in uh, Manhattan and in, in New York City, and uh, they're really expensive. They're, I mean, it's just not, you know, I'm not going to pay like a thousand bucks for them. You know what I've I mean? Got, I've got Doc Martens on right now. Yeah. They're vegan leather, but they're, they're more expensive than the leather yeah, dog mines exactly yeah, and it's because they can't produce enough of them to exactly to get them the margin that they need yep. um, but yep. i feel like you know vegans as well we, we we for the most part where where possible we will go out of our way to support no doubt vegan businesses or products because we believe what they believe no know? doubt yeah we're, we're coming from the same place in terms of what we want for the world yeah so we don't mind and i, I certainly don't you know I'm, I'm 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 happy to order something vegan you know, support a startup vegan restaurant or brand, even if it's a little bit more expensive. Mm. If they, you know, if they're coming from the right, the right place. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. So give me, I'm gonna throw a curveball at you here. Go. Give me one thing about you that we haven't really talked about that maybe not a lot of people know that you'd want to share with us. Okay. Hmm. Oh, you stumped me. <laughs> you stumped me. Um. Oh, that's, a, that's a good one I mean I, 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 don't, I feel like I don't look like um, a vegan it's a stereotype mm. and the other thing that comes up with that that kind of came from veganism was the last kind of two years I've been really exploring um, plant medicines mm. so um, like herbalism sort of stuff or no more like like, um, like plant medicines ayahuasca yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. cacao mm-hmm. you know using <clears throat> using plant medicines um, are you into meditation and everything meditation yeah, same yeah. so I think that people wouldn't necessarily assume that I was a, as a vegan but as an yeah. extension of that yeah. definitely wouldn't assume that that I have interest in those kind of things but I think those kind of things are in terms of personal growth etc go hand in hand with veganism you start exactly. to you start to realize okay not only the food that I consume is going to elevate me in terms of my physical my mental my spiritual it's the practices that I do every day so yeah, yeah meditation meditation in the mornings first thing 10 minutes clear, clear the mind get present you know got yeah. work really that, that kind of level of work on yourself stuff we consume mentally so where before I listened to 
music on the tube on the way to work it's now podcasts it's audio books yeah. etc every six months I need to check myself I'm going to a retreat and mm. I'm going to if I need to, it's either plant medicines or it's something else yeah reconnect you know ask get answers to, 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 to what the questions I need and really work on, on, on myself and I think as someone we know we don't take enough care of ourselves yeah. that was essentially the, the, the catalyst for going vegan was I realised that I wasn't looking after myself at yeah. all I wasn't putting good things in my body I wasn't taking the time to bring it back and mm. take a you know a, to eval- take an evaluation a personal evaluation and uh, yeah it's, it's working as hard on yourself as you do in your business or your everyday totally work totally know? so I, I always say it starts with the food like I never would have got into meditation I never would have got into kind of uh, uh, a deeper level of consciousness without first getting myself right and putting the right yeah. thing in my body it just wouldn't happen yeah so I, I it for me it all comes back to the food and then those other windows and ways of looking at things and perspectives yeah. open up um, and I'm not yet I'm not yet I'm not yet talking about that and how I'm yeah, talking yeah. because I feel like where veganism too, is, where yeah, where it's this is almost too it's far a, yeah, it for is. people to you know yep. but, there, but again even with that I've and the, 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 the strange well it's not a strange coincidence but the coincidence is anyone that I've met on retreats and uh, you know wellness like events that kind of stuff 90% are vegan as well yeah you know it's almost like that, that kind of go hand, that goes hand in hand those 100%. people that are conscious of the way that they the information they put into their bodies and the, the way they treat themselves and the, yeah. you know, the, the, the work they do on themselves also know that the food you put in your body has a huge impact on you spiritually you yeah. know, as well. It's bad. It's the negative karma from eating an animal, for example. Yeah. Mm. You know, Buddhists have known this for thousands of years. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's consistent through their kind of uh, religion and practices. So. Yeah, like if we got into the whole energy thing, we'd lose a lot of people. You know what I mean? But sure. I'm a huge believer in that. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I hook people in with the vegan stuff, and yeah, then when they're yeah, yeah, yeah. like, "Hey, you should think <laughs> if about," they want to dig deeper. Do, do, do you meditate? Yeah. Have you have you yeah. have you looked into you know, have you looked into these these other you know yeah. alternatives? It's, it's everything's what you know, yeah. being conscious of what we, we put into our body on a, on, a, on, a, on a bigger scale. So I got to ask you about ayahuasca. Have yeah. you done ayahuasca? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can can you tell your experience? I, I'm interested in it, but. <laughs> I'm like, I also so am was, questioning myself. So on that it, was you know? ayahuasca was the the catalyst for me to position myself to work with veganism and to promote veganism to make it kind of my purpose, mm. if you like. Mm. Um, I got a very clear message that this is kind of what I should be doing mm. and this is what I need to focus on. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's life changing now. The, the danger of it is I feel like it's for some people possibly becoming a trend I waited a long time I knew about ayahuasca for maybe four years before and I didn't pursue it it kind of found me um, I'm one of my one of my best friends now I, I was had this weird message one day in my mind to join this new gym that was well out of my way and I had no reason to go there but other than this in, intuitive message which yeah. I listened to get in this gym I'm training guy comes over to me and says oh my client didn't turn up do you want to train together start hitting the pads boxing with this guy get to talking and turns out he's a shaman he lived in the Amazon yeah Ayahuasquero he happened to have a retreat coming up two weeks later I went with him very very deep magical Mm. uh, amazing experience Mm. Um, and I got a lot from it and from it I kind of learned uh, I got this message that I should work within veganism and 
since then, I've, when I've needed answers or things clearing up, I've gone back and I've done it a few times since. It's deep healing work, though. It's not. It's not something you do as a. It's certainly not a party thing, but it's, yeah. but it's also not something you do for the sake of doing it. You have yeah. to really be committed, and because it's it's complete surrender. Mm. You don't know what's going to come up. It's it's a it's an intelligence beyond our own. Um, but you, you you have to really be ready to do that that level of work, you yeah. know. But but is it valuable? Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've got I've got a, everyone I've spoken to that's done it has has had a really life changing experience from mm. it, and it's certainly something I'd encourage people to do if they're in the right state of mind to do it and if yeah. they, they feel they need there's something they need to get to get from it you know yeah yeah that's cool that, that, that's uh, of interest to me I'll, I'll get there eventually but uh, I'm not there yet yeah um, on the on the so this my, my whole brand is called Eat Green Make Green right yeah. talking about you know uh, plant based lifestyle and getting into meditation and, and you know performing to your your best every day right sure. i actually believe that you know when i made the switch right everything got better from a career standpoint right yeah i started you know i had this level of confidence i had this energy i had this clarity that i just started as an entrepreneur just playing ball on a higher level and i really believe that you know going plant-based it's like to entrepreneurs out there I want to spread the message that this is like, these are performance enhancing drugs, right? Taking care of yourself. It literally is. Yeah. It's like, I describe it like a, it's like a mild limitless pill. Yeah. You know, when you That doesn't, that, that you don't, like it's just, and it's just steady. It's just steady throughout the day. It's it's the physical energy in the sense that I Mm. can get up at 7, 7.30, do what I need to do, work for the day, train, work, if I've got to do something at 10 o'clock at night, I have the same mental clarity at that time after being awake for those hours as I did when I first woke up. Mm. And I didn't have that before. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's putting the best possible fuel in your body. You don't take, your, take a sports car and put second grade fuel in it because mm-hmm. it's not going to run as well. Mm-hmm. It's the same as our bodies. We're eating the very food we're meant to eat. And it just it's logical that that would have a, have a knock-on effect in terms of the way that our body and our mind works. Yeah. Um, from, a, from a business perspective, you know, we always perform better when we're doing something with purpose. Mm. You know, I've done, I've had businesses where I haven't, I've done it for the for the money, yeah, or because it's a good idea. But ultimately, when it gets to that hour thirteen and you're sat in the same office and it's it's driving you crazy, you're gonna you're gonna quit, you're gonna leave. Yeah. When it's purposeful and you truly believe in, you're really solving a problem, you're doing something of real value. Mm-hmm. You're gonna crack on and keep doing it. And if you're working in this space. We were emotionally connected to to our work, and mm-hmm. therefore that will always override logic. Yeah, that, that that's a that's a that, that's just our hardware. That's what we're built with, you know. Yeah. That monkey brain always will always value emotion over logic. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. And, and for, yeah, for entrepreneurs, it's a life hack. It's, yeah, it's a life hack. You know, if you if you yeah. if you if you're an entrepreneur and as you know, you're never off. There isn't a nine to. There isn't mm-hmm. a set working hours. Someone comes in at ten o'clock and needs your your attention. You, you know, you got to do it. So you need to be able to have that that ability to, to be able to work yeah. at, at, you know, then, at any point. And then on the flip side with the meditation and kind of like the stress techniques, just being able to handle that in a very, you know, well-mannered way without it causing stress in your life and, and leading to other problems, right? It's kind of the balance of putting the right things in the body and then being in touch with your body to know when those moments come up where you're, the stress is getting up and you need to take a couple of breaths and check for the body sure. check the shoulders whatever you I need agree. to do for sure um <clears throat> so a combination of those two uh we are get, we're getting a, a little low on time here i like to keep them no, within sure. a 
hour, hour and a half. But um, what's next, man? What's next for, for Louis Blake? I've I know got, you got... I've got a few cool things happening right yeah, now. What's, uh, um, yeah, what's... Yeah, so... If you can touch on something. Yeah, yeah, the last year I've been uh, kind of consulting for, for startups and, and, you know, small businesses. Um, there's, a, there's a few things coming out. We've got a uh, vegan date, dating app. Uh, yes, called, called Grazer, dude. dude. That was my first business, dating yeah, app. Yeah, so we, we've got to. Yeah. I mean, we're not a vegan one, but yeah, a dating we're, app. We're, we're 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 raising money for that right now. Yeah, um, we have a Cedars campaign going live in January. Uh huh. Um, but it's we're ten thousand users right now, UK yeah. only. That's going to scale up soon. Is um, that is it kind of Tinder style swipe? Similar, swipe? yeah, very similar. It's, but, it's, it's, but it's just it's dating, friendship. It's, it's it's the whole thing. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm working with those guys on that, which is exciting. Um, I'm working with this with it with this fashion brand on uh, on on their stuff. And personally, I've uh, signed a lease of a restaurant. Um, should be open by the first of Feb. That's the target date. Yeah. Um, so that's going through right now. Um, that's something I'm doing with my with my parents. Uh, who have both gone vegan in the last that's year. That's awesome. That's so, um, awesome, yeah. That's going back to hospitality, but from a really purposeful place. Yeah. That's back in my, in, in my hometown. Mm. Uh, so I've got that opening. And uh, yeah, just scaling the agency up. I want to work with more people. We're basically, we've taken on a few new staff uh, over the last few months. So we're in a position where we can work with and impact a few other businesses. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just continue the speaking, continue putting putting talks on. Um, something I've really enjoyed recently is you know getting in front of both people audiences that are non-vegan and perhaps offering a different perspective mm. and then also vegan audiences and, and, and helping people how impactful business can be to, to, to spread this message so mm. yeah really exciting time really exciting time yeah what's the uh what's the uh style restaurant what do you what are you going obviously plant-based but i but like yeah so um, we, like? we have we're, we've been really fortunate with the building it's a it's a grade two listed 18th century building Ooh, yeah. um so we're going to do a kind of a deli juice kind of pastry coffee type bottom mm. floor quick in and out uh, middle floor restaurant but more of a fine fine dining casual fine dining style um, I feel like there's a lot of junk food out there but there's not really, especially in, in, in that city yeah, in particular yeah, yeah. nothing that's addressing that, that, that market and the top floor is going to be a bar mm. um, so social space you know kind of hangout yeah um, yeah so it's, it's exciting awesome, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking <laughs> forward awesome. to really looking forward to, 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 to doing that so that's awesome all right, I got one more for you. The sure. kind of the, the question I, I asked last to everybody. Uh, this podcast is called Eat Green, Make Green. I believe that eating plant-based, living vegan, puts me in the best position to succeed at whatever it is I do. I also believe it's just the right thing to do. Um, and whatever my goal is at any particular time is kind of how I define the make green portion of that. So I would, I would ask you, what does make green mean to you? Why do you ultimately, at the end of the day live a vegan lifestyle I think it's an understanding of how what I do consistently impacts other people and it extends beyond just my food consumption which is what it was initially for me it was a diet now it's about okay if I go to a restaurant and they're serving plastic straws I'm, I'm raising it with them why are you serving plastic straws do you understand you know in every day challenging the the, the social norms right um, so make green is not just about food it's about our everyday consumption the, the decisions we make the actions we take mm. every day because mm. it's, it's not just us that we're, we're, we're affecting you know it's, it's, it's being conscious of how that affects other people and the wider environment making a connection totally. um, that, that, yeah that's what it means to me yeah 
Well, thanks, man. No, I this appreciate is, this it. This is awesome. No, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm really, fired really up, and, it. I'll, and I'll be back, uh, back to yeah, London. Yeah, let me know when you're back man. in town, and we can. And uh, we'll, we'll link up. It. Maybe I'll maybe I'll come back when the restaurants. Yeah, uh, for sure. Feb- February time. We, yeah, we and then you can come to Boston when we're we're gonna be like May. We're shooting for May. So, so. like I said, I'm I'm, I, yeah, I, I'm in the US quite a bit, so yeah. um, I look forward to come and check it out. Nice man. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you very much. Appreciate it. For those that are interested in adopting a plant-based lifestyle, you're in luck. That's what I do. I work with men and women all over the world to adopt this lifestyle, to heal inflammation, to get off their medications and treat their health at the source, which is with diet and lifestyle. My program called Seven Weeks for the Rest of Your Life is designed to teach you exactly how to transition into a healthier lifestyle And I give you all the tools, all the resources, everything you need to adopt this lifestyle and apply it to your life for years to come. For more information on my course, pop over to eatgreenmakegreen.com slash coaching. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Have a great week.